0: I had a dream a couple mornings ago that it was the last day or the first day of my last year of college, but uh, East Carolina and NC State had combined, and so everybody in the classroom was either wearing, you know, these red and black clothings or purple and gold, and it was was, was really garish, the colors, and... (laughs) made the comment that it looked really bad and then there was one person who was wearing all four colors (laughs) and she she folded her arms and glared at me and the uh, the professor of the class was named uh, his name was Burned Up Beef Eyes (laughs) (laughs)
1: very <laughs> uh, yeah, it was weird I woke up like me being naked at class or something like <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Which is awful.
0: I thought that's where that one was going, like I have a dream a lot where it's the end of college and I haven't done anything all year yeah, and i I remember thinking that's where the, this one was going, but then um burned up beef eyes showed up and <laughs> He was like a biker dude. I don't know what the class was that he was teaching.
1: I I think that's a common dream, right? I,
0: I've heard that a lot. Yeah. The, uh, not feeling prepared. Yeah.
1: wonder what that means. The not showing
2: up for college until the end of the semester thing was never a dream for me.
0: But I actually lived it. Yeah, it was <laughs> <So>. a reality. <laughs> I didn't have to dream that. No. <laughs> so, so what's happening, gang? Mm, tornadoes. I got a house. Nice. Yay. Yeah. Are you in it?
2: No, I'm not in it right now. You already <laughs> moved in? <laughs> no. No, uh, as you're well aware it, it's a it's a meandering long process and once you think you've reached the end of it, then you got a whole other month of stuff you got to go through, but um I know I've written about this whole process of selling a house and, and the housing market and credit reports and all that kind of stuff. Um, I have advice for anybody out there right now looking to buy a house. Don't. That is a don't. Just don't do it. <laughs> just wait. Because <laughs> everything is just ridiculous right now. Everything is, is uh, at least 25% over what it was maybe two months ago. Um yeah, I uh, saw a
1: story that someone bought a house nine months ago for five hundred and twenty thousand, and just sold it for nine hundred thousand. Not here, but it was. Yeah. Yeah, well, the went, numbers are really uh, inflated because I mean I don't know if this is the main cause, but it's part of it has to partially be a cause that the whole moratorium on evictions and foreclosures. Like you'd think that that would just cut down the supply of the houses, right?
2: Yeah, I don't know if that's the reason for the supply, but that's exactly the reason that that we're hearing and that, you know, people who are in this industry have been telling us uh it's basically supply and demand. There is a huge demand for housing right now and there's very little supply. And it's not just Sanford, uh Raleigh, Cary, Apex, Um, They can't build, they can't build them fast enough out there for, for whatever reason. So,
1: so, so you would think that when that moratorium is lifted, that houses would get cheaper, right?
2: You'd think that. And then, um, and then also in Sanford's case, we're about to have a, you know, we're on the precipice of what um, 1600 new houses between two subdivisions coming within the next two or three years. Not one of those houses has been built yet. Not one of those houses—I don't even know if they've started construction yet. I know they're clearing land, but when those houses do come—and I know they're going to come in phases—but when they do come, then suddenly there will be—I don't know if there will be an abundance of housing, but there will be plenty, and there will—and I think it will drop the demand here, and uh, and things will be. Um, I guess a little bit back to normal, but I know a lot of people are also saying that we're in a bubble right now, and uh, and I keep hearing that the difference between now and the bubble that burst back in two thousand six two thousand seven is that uh, the reason for the the uh, troubles with the housing market back then were that just anybody was getting high interest loans, no down payments on houses. Uh, people were buying houses they couldn't afford and they say today that's not the case today, um, the prices are going up because of of uh, the uh, demand and um, people are people who are getting their loans are um, are in much better shape than they were fifteen, 20 years ago. so um, they don't think that it's going to lead to anything drastic like that. It's interesting it. it it was a great time for us to sell our house. We were very happy about that, but the, the whole buying process was, um, was something. We, we had put offers in on a house before that, and we had been really serious about a couple other houses, and if you're looking to buy right now, you have to almost know somebody who knows the house is going on the market before anybody else does to even have a chance. Uh, the house that we're getting, we found out two days before it went on the market that it was going and we had actually been scheduled to go look at it. <laughs> and then it actually went on the market the day we were looking at it. And we weren't even the first person people to go see it. Yeah, it my was, cousin was builds
1: houses and uh, my cousin builds houses and someone, he just built the house that he, his house. <laughs> and someone in the neighborhood walked up and said their friend wanted to buy his house and gave him more than he could ever <laughs> ask for. So they they took it and they just moved yeah. out.
2: And that's it's the thing bigger. is is a uh, the asking price you're you're told by you know real estate agents who aren't doing this to make more money they're doing it because they want you to get the house they will tell you you need to ask for more than that price if this is the house you want because odds are you're going to be competing for it and so you need to make that asking you need to make that initial offer something that catches an eye before you know they sit on it and then the price just keeps going up and up
0: and up so that's see so the opposite of how it was in 2015 when we bought our place my first instinct was i I like this place let's insult them a little bit with the first offer (laughs) yeah we did that too
1: yeah
0: oh no so the first house we made an
2: offer on this year um it was way out of our range we loved it it was way out of our range of course well, no, but it wasn't even that. It was like we it thought was it was eight
1: hundred thousand dollars, right?
2: We thought it was overpriced, but but we loved it, and we said we had noticed it. It had actually been on the market for a few days, so we, you know maybe nobody was offering. So we, it's like what Gordon just said. We offended the people <laughs> with our offer. It was it was way low, and uh, they said no, no, thank you. Is it still on the market? No, it sold for yeah. almost what they were asking. It's it's insane. So, like, what are
1: they going to do about this? Like, I mean, I know that's not the total cause of the crisis, but what are you? What is the government going to do about this moratorium thing? Because once you enact, it's been happening so long. There's there's people that haven't paid rent for more than a year or mortgage payments. I mean, it's just a. I don't know how you fix that unless you just because you can't say. Oh, we'll just start from zero because that, you know, the landlords are then out of a year's worth of rent. Yeah. I don't know yeah, how um, you.
2: Yeah. Wasn't that what these stimulus packages are supposed to help? I mean, you would able think to pay so. rent and help people who are suffering losses to be able to f- get by until this is lifted. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but I don't, they have
1: other expenses too. You know, I mean.
2: Yeah, and there's probably people that owe. Rent. Yeah. There's people, probably people out there who owe rent, months of rent, who are not using their stimulus for said rent. <laughs> so,
1: Well, I mean, if you're choosing between paying a rent that's not due and, you know, medicine or food, you're probably going to pick the food. So, TVs. I think we're, I think we're, I, I hate to sound Debbie Downer, you guys, but the whole thing's a facade. It's all going to grow. <laughs>
2: well if it does fine we got our house and uh we're you know we still think we got
1: does it have a shelter a
2: bomb shelter in it no it doesn't no it's funny though we're looking over our home insurance and one of the things it does not cover is nuclear war (laughs) so yeah
0: yeah and and it does it doesn't cover aliens either right i don't is that is that actually i've seen i've seen an insurance policy that didn't cover alien invasion Interesting. I have to look at mine. I think I got a better value from the folks down at Harrison Company. I think. Oh, I think they got my back. If um, uh, you, you've got to think that these
2: these insurance guys sit down and think, um, they go over everything. And I guess the idea behind nuclear war is all their houses will suddenly need work. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, <laughs> that
1: no one will be alive. Or oh, yeah, uh, that
2: too right.
1: So we yeah. took out an insurance policy on the. uh, cruise we were supposed to take last april you know they always smart. say insurance right smart no listen to this Insta- a global pandemic is not covered by this <laughs> travel insurance uh, so we didn't get our money back we did uh, get cruise credit but i don't want to go on a cruise now
2: yeah it's it's, it's, it's going to be day. a few years before that that seems right again
1: yeah, yeah. so we're just out of like out like 1700 so
0: COVID's, uh, money. covid's spiking again <laughs>
1: Yeah. Is it?
0: Yeah. We had three weeks in a row and were there are about forty new cases and seemed to be holding steady. That was a the lowest it's been in I can't remember how long, but had a, something like seventy-two or seventy-six in
1: everybody getting out stretching their legs. That's America right. To see us leave.
0: That's right. I um interviewed Spencer Thomas, CEO of Central Carolina Hospital, and, and we get into that in the interview, but Um, it's not just it's not just diagnoses that are up he's he's seen um, a concurrent increase in inpatient um, you know hospitalizations so we got this this sucks I got my first shot and it's been a year and everybody wants to get out but I guess we still got to be careful John you got your second shot yet no
1: next Friday
0: gotcha Heinsohn, two weeks from yesterday, I'll, I'll get my second. Billy, you're fully vaccinated, you right? I'm fully
2: vaccinated and
0: spitting in faces right now. What, so. what did you get,
1: Moderna or the Pfizer, Gordon?
2: I got the Pfizer.
1: Yeah, I think the Moderna has a longer time between shots because Ash, Ashley's was like three weeks and mine's like four and a half or something. So
2: Yeah. Well, when you guys get that second shot, I know a lot of people feel terrible the next day yeah um i didn't feel so bad i I was uh now some days you just feel slower i kind of had that going on but i didn't get sick so so yeah no it was uh you know it feels good it feels good to to uh to know that that's been done we're you know we're planning a vacation this this summer and uh we're going to be on the road a lot and, you know, we'll probably do, still have to do the masks and the distancing at places we go. But uh, just knowing that we're doing that to protect others and that that we don't really have to worry about that as much anymore is uh, is a really good feeling. So yeah. you know, I'm happy. So I also, so- hey, I, I want to commend Lee County Health Department and emergency management and uh, everybody involved, the sheriff's department, everybody involved um police department as well in doing the that setup over at the civic center to to get your shots uh, you know they've got hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of people pulling up to that every day and uh, i remember when it all started there was a lot of confusion and there was really long lines and it wasn't as spread out but the second time that i went to get my shot you know the line was out into the street pretty much, but it all went really quickly. Like I was in and out, um, start of the line all the way to getting my shot was maybe 10 minutes. And then you have to wait the other 15 minutes after that. So it it was a really quick process. And I just think, uh, you know, they're out there all day doing this and there's been some really crappy weather at this time too. So it's, uh, it's all done really well. So my hat's off to them.
0: Our guest this week is uh, Spencer Thomas, who's the CEO of Central Carolina Hospital here in Sanford. Um, Spencer, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been with CCH, and then we can get into the rest of the
3: interview. Sure. So I have I came here in October of 2017, so um, coming up on four years uh, as the CEO here, um, and it's been an exciting uh, three and a half, almost four years. Okay. And, um
0: the reason that I had hope to have you on this month is that our, our March edition of the rant focused pretty heavily on one year yeah. of the pandemic and how things look twelve months later. And you wrote a uh, you wrote a guest column for us that yeah. just said, you know, here is the state of things at Central Carolina Hospital. Yeah. Um, it's funny we'd hoped to have you on a little earlier in the month, but you know, s- scheduling didn't quite work yeah. out. But I feel like we've got an opportunity to maybe kind of update where you are a month after writing that column, you know, at that time you'd said that you had a goal of, um, you'd vaccinated about a thousand people, uh, that, um, at that time and that you had a goal of 300 a week. What are those numbers now? Have you, have you hit that goal and and how many people have you vaccinated?
3: So we've, um, we've been vaccinating about a hundred people a week Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, while we, I think initially wanted to do more, Um, As we looked at the weekly vaccine allocation that came from the state, we just we really couldn't couldn't get past that hundred or so doses, Uh, I think we had one or two weeks where we did do 300 um, because they were, you know, special requests from the state, you know, at that time, uh, it was really just us and uh, the Lee County Health Department doing vaccine clinics. Uh, you know, as, as, as I looked yesterday at the allocations, you know, now now we have pharmacies on that list. We have doctor's offices on that list. So there, there's many places now where you can get a vaccine. So, you know, I don't know that as we go forward, we'll do much more than, than about 100 or so a week. Um, to be honest with you, we're starting to see a little bit of a decline in demand uh, for the vaccine, again, as as people you know have other options to get it, uh, and and as the availability opens up, um, so
0: who who has been getting vaccinated at the hospital? Has it been primarily focused on um, employees, staff, um, patients who are already there for maybe another reason, or are people able to sign up and you know get a vaccine at the
3: hospital just like they would at a Walgreens or the health so department? So we have been. Um, We started off back in December vaccinating our employees and our medical staff. Uh, So as of we finished that about Mm -hmm. mid-January. And how many people is that? We vaccinated about just shy of 300 employees, uh, which is about half of our, our total workforce. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that's pretty consistent. It's actually higher than what most hospitals are seeing. Most hospitals are falling out with maybe a third of their people getting vaccinated, a third that are on the fence, and a third that are deciding not to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, after that, we did open it up to the public. Uh, First, we we did a friends and family, uh, where people that worked at the hospital that had loved ones that met, you know, that fell into that level one criteria could come to the hospital and get their vaccines. Uh, Something nice to be able to do for our folks here. And then we opened it up to the general public. Um, You know, I will tell you that we were pretty quickly overwhelmed uh, with appointments. And we did have to stop taking new appointments for a period of time. Uh, But we've been working through the list of folks that want it. And and we do still take some appointments. But again, it's not been, the demand has not been what it was, say, a month ago, six weeks ago. How
0: um, can people who are eligible and interested um, try to get an appointment at Central Carolina Hospital?
3: There is information on our website um, that has the number you can call to schedule. Uh, mm-hmm. We have someone that uh, that schedules them. I will ask for patients. Uh, if you have to leave a voicemail, somebody will call you back uh, and get you on the schedule to do that.
0: Another thing that you wrote about in that guest column was... Um, you know that the 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 inpatient rate had dropped from uh, of covid patients had dropped from like 15 or 20 a day to less than five right. and now that was a month ago and we saw most of march was pretty pretty low on the new covid but this last week it, there was a spike are you guys seeing
3: um a, a, a spike in the inpatient numbers as well we are we are what what um, you know, I know. I'm sure you've seen the numbers for the county. We had been consistently reporting you know fifty or so new cases each week, and, right. and like you said, like this week that jumped up. Um, we had gone probably two or three weeks with with no or maybe one COVID patient. Wow. Uh, right now we have seven COVID patients, wow. so we are we're seeing that same uh, spike that you're hearing about in the news and and reading about in other areas. Do you have any guess as
0: to what's driving this spike? Is it um these variants or is it people maybe you know letting their foot off the
3: the gas a little bit too early or I think people are letting their guard down yeah um and I think it's human nature I mean all of us all of us are tired of this I certainly understand it i i don't I fall into that camp as well but you know, I think as as we started to see such early successes with the vaccine and, and that rollout going faster than people anticipated and, and uh, North Carolina, I think, has been more conservative in opening back up. But, you know, other states have started to uh, to do away with their mask mandates. And so I just you know, my my thought or my fear is that people start to say, OK, I don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, right. And so we're starting to see we're, we're starting to see younger people as well, which is something that's happening nationally. Uh, whereas, you know, a month ago, most of our patients were over 65. We're starting to see people in their, you know, in their 30s, 40s and 50s in this, yeah. this round that we have now.
0: And I mean, we saw it just this early um, yesterday or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Monday. I mean, we we had a, another death and yes, it's been. I think it was a full month between then and the, the, the last one or the most recent ones, but, but it's still a reminder that, you know, this thing's still out there and it's still real.
3: So it's still very much out there.
0: What are the other ways that the hospital is working to be a resource to the community in, in the middle of all this? I mean, whether that's to the general public or working with the County um, what things are you guys doing?
3: So, you know, we've talked a little bit about the vaccine clinic. Um, you know, we've also tried to be through um, through our website and social media, be a resource where people can go and get information about COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've tried to uh, balance the best we can, um, you know, being able to allow appointments to continue or go on as they normally had been. Uh, we have started to open up our schedule for outpatient procedures, outpatient appointments, to make that a little bit easier. Uh, we have started to uh, allow visitors back into the hospital, um, and then I think the most recent thing we've done as as a resource is actually hold vaccine clinics. Uh, we held one for Moen uh, about two weeks ago, and we have next week. We're scheduled to go out and do their second round of vaccines. So you know, we've tried to be a resource where we can, uh, you know, we have made a commitment in the beginning to help out and work with the Lee County health department. Uh, and so um, as they've had vaccine clinics, we've been able to send our staff out to help. Uh, you know, it's really important to us not to recreate the wheel. If you've got a system that works well, let's support that uh, rather than trying to, to compete for resources. Right. Right. And I imagine that
0: it's uh, not, uncommon for the hospital and the health department to be in contact with each other even when there's not a pandemic but I assume that that type of contact is what daily multiple times a day
3: now um it's interesting in the beginning yes um I think I think uh uh Heath and I had each other uh you know at the ready where we were texting with updates and comment things that were happening Mm -hmm. um you know it is interesting how Something like a pandemic becomes part of your day-to-day operation. Right. Um, whereas in the beginning, it was probably daily communication. We've had an admission. We've had this. We've had that. We've had this exposure uh, to the point where it really got was operationalized, and you know, it just it, it just became the way we we did things. Um, and so, you know, uh, probably got to you know maybe once a week or so we would update each other um and you know it's now it's just part of our our routine right right um not
0: to put you on the spot here because it's impossible to predict the future but what do you see the next few months looking like do you think that we're going to turn the bend and and get back to something approaching normal or do you you think that there's a
3: possibility for more spikes like what we're seeing right now i think that That We're going to see a a spike, um, and I think we're seeing it now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think what you see in the news nationally of of a fourth wave, I think, is likely to happen. I think it's going to be different this time. Um, I don't think that people will be hospitalized at the rate that they were before. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, at this point, you know, the difference is we've got, uh, you know, we've got a very aggressive vaccine rollout. Um, not only nationally, but if you look at the numbers for Lee County, we're, we're actually ahead of the national averages and ahead of the state averages. So we're, mm-hmm. we're doing a better job than, than most others. So I do think we'll we'll, we'll have to deal with the surge that we're seeing right now. Um, you know, typically that's about a two to four week period that we see it. And then we start to see numbers come back down. Mm-hmm. And I think as we go into, certainly as we go into May into the summer, We'll approach something, you know, that, that, that's closer to what we, uh, what's normal. Um, we're planning for that at the hospital, um, you know, as challenging as it's been over the last year to weather the pandemic, we've really tried to keep one foot in what is this going to look like. You know, as we as we go into 2021. Uh, and so we've continued to make plans for physician recruitment to bring on new um, new people, all of those things. So I do think as we go into the summer, you'll see you'll see a return to to, to normal or what the new normal is going to look like. Right. right. And then I think, the, you know, COVID-19 will be similar to what we deal with the seasonal flu. I, I think it'll be something that's out there, something we have to be concerned about, something we have to, to be vigilant about, but certainly not something that, um, uh, you know, that causes the, the, the issues we've had over the last year.
0: Right, right. One of the things that you wrote about also was that, um, you know, medicine and science is kind of caught up with the with the disease as far as the ability to treat it and knowing, you know, what what uh-huh what medications work and what don't um going back to the discussion about the number of inpatients um i mean do you see that at central carolina hospital that the ability to treat this is is leading to better outcomes even for those who are um who are hospitalized
3: i certainly compared to where we were this time last year Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Actually, today is the, is the one-year anniversary of our first COVID uh, patient that was admitted to the hospital. Oh, wow. Um, you know, and I look back and think that you know, most of the patients that were coming in in those early days of the pandemic were very sick. Uh, they were ending up in the ICU, um, many of them on ventilators. And, you know, as I look at it today, yes, we, we have patients that unfortunately are that sick, but many people are coming into the hospital, uh, going through a course of treatment uh, and then being discharged home uh, with, with very good outcomes. Uh, you know, whereas in the past, people might stay here for eight, 10, sometimes as long as a month. You know, we see these wow. approaching almost a normal hospital length of stay where they might be here four, five, six days, uh, and then they're being discharged home
0: that's, that's uh, pretty heartening to hear.
3: Yeah. It's interesting to watch is that, I mean, we, we have a daily, uh, we do daily rounds with our, our case management and our hospitalist teams. And it's, it's interesting to attend to those. It's, it's a much different feeling than it was a year ago. Right. Uh, You know, now it's not, it's to say, okay, you know, we have X number of COVID patients. Here's what we're doing with them. Um, and like you said, the vast majority of them are walking out of the hospital.
0: Well, you kind of just led into my, what I was kind of hoping to wrap up with, which is, um, well, now it's 13 months later, but, you know, a year, a year and a month later, um, the difference in morale um, among the staff there can you yeah. just talk about that a little bit?
3: Sure, I you know the the last year has been tough for everybody here. Um, you know, I think many of the things that that you're you know that you're that you've seen on the news or that you've heard of nationally were, were were just as prevalent here. Um, you know, I'm proud of our staff for the way that they came together. Um, you know, there were some scary moments over the last year, uh, and when, you know, when it came right down to it, everybody pulled together and, and, and got through it. But I will say our folks are tired. Um, they've worked very hard over the last year. Uh, they've also, you know, they've, many of them have been impacted personally by COVID. Um, And so, you know, I think everybody is excited to, to, to see us turn that corner. Um, and, you know, I think uh, one thing that I would say, you know, there was so much outpouring of support at the beginning of the pandemic for folks working in healthcare, uh, and that kind of waned over a period of time, uh, not that people didn't support, but it just, you know, it, as right. as COVID became part of day-to-day life, it, you know, some of that, uh, you know, that that level of support and excitement wasn't there. So I would, I would encourage people and, and let people, and remind people that, you know, we still have folks here that are fighting COVID-19 day in and day out, uh, and they've been doing it now for more than a year. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, they're, they deserve just as much recognition today as they did uh, a year ago.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know you're a busy guy, so I don't want to take up any more of your time, but is there anything at all that you'd like to to close out with or, or just um, uh, just mention to our listeners? Sure.
3: The, the only thing that I would just close out with, and again, as as we all talk about what normal is going to look like in a couple of months, is that from the hospital standpoint, we're looking forward to g- getting back to a, a normal pace. Uh, looking forward to opening things back up and and continuing to. Uh, and I look forward to some of the things that we have coming down the road. Um, we we have new physicians that are going to be joining us this year. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a new urology group that joined us in the midst of all this, and so. Well, even though we've been in pandemic mode, we've also still been trying to keep one foot on the gas uh, and work to uh, to add and improve services here. Okay, great.
0: Well, keep us posted about the things you guys have going on, and um, I appreciate you joining, joining okay, me today.
3: Appreciate it. Uh-
0: Billy, I wanted to uh, talk about something that I was surprised to see as we were putting together um, the most recent or the, the upcoming edition of the Rant Monthly, which will be on uh, well, newsstands. It'll be available for pickup uh, Thursday, April 1st, but I wasn't surprised because it's not true, but you had a, um, a nice piece in there about the uh, recent increase in quality of Sanford Herald and oh, yeah. <laughs> that is something I've noticed it's we're not um, supposed
2: to we're not supposed to reveal who writes that stuff <laughs> oh um <laughs> no it's okay
0: editorial I, I didn't, uh, <laughs> yeah
2: I did I did write it uh but like well, I said no. I wasn't
0: surprised because it wasn't true I just didn't know you were planning on putting something like that in there
2: the three of us have actually we we've been talking about the Herald since we left and um it's no I don't think it's it's a shocked anybody that we've seen um especially in recent years the quality of uh local news coverage not maintain the standards that had been set you know i guess when we were there and um in the years after we left there was still there was still a pretty good product but it, it had gone down and and there's plenty of reasons for that there's um reduced staff there's um reduced budgets. There's not paying editors enough to to do the job that's expected of them. Um, I think the the problem in recent years has been bringing in editors who um, don't have the community newspaper experience who come in maybe focusing more on things like crime and mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to say gotcha journalism, but you know that more more interested in the investigations than they are in having a well-rounded community newspaper, and I just think that this guy that they brought in, Mark Rogers, um, when he was hired, uh, we all looked at his resume and and saw that he had extensive experience as a community newspaper editor, and uh, there was hope. You know, we thought, well, you know, he's got the experience. He's going to come in and at least try something new. I mean, that's all you can ask of of any community newspaper editor right now is is uh, keep it fresh, keep it interesting and and he's done that and so I just thought uh as much as we've bagged on the Herald in recent years um we want to see them succeed and uh that I think they're doing better and uh, you know when people come up to us and say oh we love the rant we can't stand the Herald my answer every time is and I know Gordon and John you're the same way is um you know keep reading the newspaper keep supporting those people They, they work hard they um you know, it's a tough job and and we want to see them succeed. And then now when people say that to me, I, I have, and I've actually said it a few times, I say, actually, you know, give them a chance. Uh, they got this new guy in and, uh, I think they're
0: getting better. So, you know, I always tell people to even, and even when, you know, a couple of years ago, it was, I, I think the paper was not in great shape, but, um i always told people you need to read both you need to read both because we do different things and you know they they have the ability to do things we don't and i think that yeah. we have the ability to do things they don't but it's, we're a different it's like, product
2: yeah we're, we're a different product we're more tongue-in-cheek we can focus on the things we want to focus on we don't have to cover the meetings we don't cover the daily sports we don't do a lot of the things that they do um because we choose not to and because we don't have, you know, the the manpower and the time to do it. Uh, They do a lot of things that we don't do. And um, unfortunately they weren't doing a lot of the things we don't do. And I think they're, they're starting to get back to that now. So maybe maybe they'll read that and they'll say, Hey, you know,
1: y'all think uh, Coke ever says nice things about Pepsi.
0: Come on guys. No Coke Pepsi. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Pepsi, 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 Pepsi.
2: Oh, so, but Coke and Pepsi are direct competitors and, and uh, I, I guess we compete with the Herald for advertising, but other than that, I, I don't think we really compete with them. Well, there's
0: been, it's, I think yeah, there's I competition either. for some stories, but. Well, it's all. true. And it's true. We we want to beat
2: them to some stories. That's true.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. It's, it's, and you can, I I think there's value in having different coverage of the same thing. Um yeah. Coke would love to see Pepsi fail
2: and I don't think any of us want to see the Herald fail.
0: Right. Pepsi would probably not like to see Coke fail though, because Pepsi's just nicer people. <laughs> North Carolina people.
2: Speaking of Coke, Coke made this product or makes this product called Aha. Oh, that's, in, yeah, my wife gets those. Those are pretty yeah, good. Yeah, they, they come in several flavors. Um, you know, as far as sparkling water goes, uh, there's a lot of brands that um, make it, and there's a lot of brands that don't make it very well. This is actually, has a little bit of taste to it, and um, there's a flavor called, uh, here, I've got that too, burned up beef <laughs> eyes. Let's <That's, yeah. laughs> Back to that again. Black yeah. cherry and coffee, and it's become, it's great for me because it has caffeine in it. And it's become the one thing in my life that has led me to not drink Coke anymore. And it's funny because I think Coke has realized that now and they have discontinued the flavor that I like the most. Oh, no. Now uh, they're making a,
1: co- a Coke flavored with coffee.
2: Yeah, I've tried that and it is. Is it disgusting? It's delicious. No, it's amazing. <laughs> really? It sounds <laughs> terrible. I would try it, but it sounds weird. No, it's like it's like a really strong Coke. It's just awesome with a little coffee aftertaste to it. Um, it's not something you would drink like if you're dying of thirst and you know, it's so hot out here. I need a Coke with coffee. You definitely wouldn't do that. But you know, in the morning, if you just need something to, <laughs> if yeah, just terrible. Need, if you just need something to to kind of give you a little kick. I've never I've never drank the uh the monster energy drinks or any of those um you know what i
1: like that tastes like coffee? sugar
2: what's that coffee, coffee.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah
1: hey um the so what are they now the king circle k they have a good iced coffee you
0: should check mm. it out circle yeah, k have- this is i we need to do a, a a deeper dive on the food at circle k because yeah, especially yeah. and there's a i've I figured it out there's a, an extreme drop in quality from the new Circle K's, you yeah. know, like that one by you and Tramway and the one that's going to go up down 87. That yeah. pizza there is the bomb. And then I got a piece of pizza at the one on South Horner by P.D. Quicks. And man, it, just, there are no words. To, it's it's breathtaking, the, the decent <laughs> quality. So the <laughs> new one is the new one's better. Yeah, but it's like I think at these new ones, they have kitchens and it's made on site and then they, they ship the stuff out to the 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 older ones that aren't equipped for that but I think circle k is trying to get into competition with like you know sheets. Um, yeah sheets and wawa and all that and they're not they're not as good but they're making uh, strides and but
2: it's, they're getting there. I'ma
0: to am gonna tell you, you really speed speed. quick
2: I'm gonna tell the you really, delicious. I'm gonna tell you a really quick Circle K story. You can decide to keep it um there's no way this woman would ever listen to us so I don't mind saying it but I I went into the Circle K on South Horner next to P.D. Quicks um, this week to get gas, and I had to go in and uh, get something to drink. So anyway, I'm standing there at the register, and the woman in front of me at 7.30, 8 a.m. in the morning, this is what she buys. She bought a pizza, the aforementioned pizza from Circle K. And
0: and the the pizza's not good at that one.
2: Yeah. it's Again, 7.30 in the morning, she bought a slice of pizza, two hash browns. Uh, Carton of Newports, um, two giant uh, forty-ounce alcoholic beverages, and uh, a roll of scratch-off tickets. And a so roll. I, it was like it was like a stack of them. And so, <laughs> and she turns around and she see, and I guess she saw my eyes because I'm like, wow, this is quite a morning purchase. She turns around, she looks at me, and she says don't judge <laughs> I said, and i said no 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 it's uh yeah ubu you, you you, or something like that and she, the woman asked her if she needed a bag for all this and she said she said yeah i don't need the world knowing <laughs> what, what i'm buying at 7 in the morning and uh, and here i am talking about it on the podcast I, I i was impressed i mean that's a hell of a purchase that early in the morning so. Well, I, t-
0: I, I talked to Jordan. I talked to my wife yesterday and she told me that she, that she saw you and while well, she was buying all that stuff at 30 <laughs> in the morning, <laughs> she's, she's going to be pretty upset that you,
2: I mean, I, based on what she was wearing, uh, I think she worked a graveyard shift somewhere, um, probably somewhere in the health sector. And so, um, I'm just guessing it was a rough night and, uh, I just was like I was like, man, that's uh that's something. So kudos to her.
0: Sure. Yeah. And I wasn't judging, I was I was impressed. I wanted to talk a little bit and hopefully we can have um a podcast with some of these people sometime in April, but our our April edition has gone to print. We'll be picking it up tomorrow and distributing it. Um but 10 years since the uh, the tornado.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's um, hard to believe it's been 10 years.
2: Uh, it, it's hard to believe, but then also, it, it also seems like it was forever ago. I mean, we were uh, um, all doing something different back then. And uh, I had just started a family. John, I was are you 30. married yet? No. No. I was 30. Living yeah, the I was single 31. Life.
1: Oh my God.
2: Yeah, it was that was, a, that was a lifetime ago. I, I read a column in this edition about just, you know, my memories of it. And uh John, you were with me when it when it happened and we were on the second floor of the Sanford Herald and we knew this big storm was coming. But when we looked out the window, we you know, we saw some wind, we saw some sideways rain. But the only damage we saw was this little green trash can that kind of rolled <laughs> down the street and then fell on its side with a little thud and we laughed. We're like, you know, this is some tornado. Uh and and, uh was that
1: didn't your family come up to the off was that the
2: day I see I can't remember if they came up or if I I remember um she was pregnant with Drew and Haley was a toddler. I don't know if they came up there or if I just kept calling them while they were at home to make sure everything was maybe they came up right after. I just remember Yeah they came up all joking about oh what a tornado. (laughs) Right. And then suddenly, like uh, the you know, almost like a off. movie, almost like a movie, the scanner starts crackling, and we just hear, you know, so much chatter going on, and we could hear the word Lowe's and destroyed. And I, one of us, whether it was Billy Ball or, or Jonathan, was like, "Did they just say Lowe's was destroyed?" Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. Billy Ball was like, uh, "Something's
1: going on, guys."
2: No, none of the phones were working. We couldn't get through to anybody, so we made the the really quick decision to just all hop in a car. With Wes, me, you, and Billy Ball, and I think maybe there was a fifth person. Jennifer um, was there. Was Jennifer. Jennifer there? Okay, yeah, Gentilly, and uh, we we just rode. And uh, but when we got about a quarter of a mile from Lowe's, we had hit traffic because they had closed down Horner, and so I think John, you were driving your your Honda. Yeah, and uh, we I remember we cut sharp left, and we drove through private parking lots. We drove through um, grass at one point. We drove. Cornfields, yeah, cornfields. <laughs> you, like, you, you you all, forded all, a river. All, also, we could get to that little <laughs> side street that leads to the garden entrance of Lowe's. And yeah, right. when we pulled up, we were, you know, we were goofing off, laughing the whole way. We, you know, we didn't know what we were driving toward. But, yeah, we were stunned. We pulled up and we saw that scene. We were like, oh, wow. And uh, oh. it kind of... The first thing we thought was, oh, there's going to
1: be some good
2: people here. There's got to be. There has yeah. to be. That's, the, that's yeah. what we said. And so it was, uh, all right, you go here, you go here. Wes, you take pictures. Um, and for the next three hours, we ran our tails off out there just interviewing everybody. It was absolutely insane. And uh, I remember
1: we, we somehow wound up across the road at the umami remember that restaurant that was destroyed? umami and yeah. tractor
2: supply and hardy's over there yeah that place was so awesome because
1: that place was awesome yeah man yeah. that was just a shock and you know it's amazing how much that area grew up after that you know
2: yeah
3: but like none
1: of that uh shopping center to the left of that area was
2: there no and i couldn't get that for this story this story is mostly about um memories and how things have changed, uh, in terms of emergency preparedness. But one of the things I did want to ask is how the tornado did affect that area economically. Um, did it allow for easier, like, did, did it force people to have to sell land? Did it allow for easy commercial development? I, because if that's the case, then you could, you could almost say that the tornado, led to the economic boom down there but maybe those that was all already in the plans i don't know
1: yeah i can't speak to that i've always wondered that too but i think there i mean i know there was some development already going on there
2: but Um, yeah the tractor supply was there but the you know the hobby lobby marshals and um buffalo wild wings all all, none of that was there that was all forest and ended up becoming just twisted trees and yeah and uh you know unusable land and i'm just wondering if if there was, if that was always the intention for that land, or if the tornado made that easier, so it's it's cleared out the
1: land for them, yeah,
2: and it, it destroyed that Lowe's, and they ended up building a bigger Lowe's after that. So it um, was
1: conspiracy by you know a big Hobby Lobby to make yeah.
2: it happen. <laughs> a
0: remember lot when of went into that? <laughs> remember when Lowe's reopened and like Sanford Didn't just Jimmy flocked Jackson to it? Now? Yeah. was there a race car driver here you know jimmy johnson was there yeah i I don't remember
1: i think he came to it
2: i interviewed mike hollowell for this edition and jonathan interviewed him 10 years ago he was the store manager who um you know with quick thinking led everybody to the back and uh turns out it was the right choice because the tornado hit lowe's dead on at the front door, but then veered right and destroyed the lumber center and the, or where I guess where the lumber center is today. I don't know what it was then, but if you, um, if you look at the overhead of that, you can see where it took a sharp right turn after it hit lows, And you can see that in the area he brought all the customers back to, it was basically untouched. So um, call yeah. it luck, call it training, whatever. He led them to the spot that did not get hit by the tornado. And so he became a national hero. And yeah, got I a remember call from President him. Obama and, and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah.
1: I remember when I called him, he was like, Oh, I just talked to President Obama like yeah. that morning. I was like, yeah. Oh, okay, cool.
2: Sure. Anyway, it, it you know, it's it's definitely it's on uh, I say this in the story. A week later there was a tornado that hit Alabama, Mississippi that killed three hundred people. So you may look at our little storm and say, well, that didn't do much, but it's still a, a significant news event to have happened to this area. It, it destroyed nearly 500 businesses and homes. Um, it uh, caused uh, $57 million in structural damage and more than a hundred million dollars in overall damage. Uh, you had FEMA on our, in our County for the next two years, you had uh Um, every you know every commissioner's meeting dealt with recovery after that for the next two years Uh, and then even look at it today we canceled school last week because of a supercell that was expected to come through our area it never really formed here but we canceled school because of that and then this last saturday we had multiple tornado warnings and i think people are more um knowledgeable and careful about that stuff because of what happened ten years ago. So yeah. there's still effects
0: from that storm today.
1: Are you guys scared of storms?
0: Yeah. I, one of my dogs is. I'm yeah. I'm scared of
1: storms. <laughs> uh
2: yeah. On, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but I grew up in Texas and <laughs> 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 no and uh tornadoes are are very commonplace there. And I had probably an unnatural fear of them uh, growing up. So yeah, I hate them.
1: Yeah, my grandma was like terrified of them and so she like kept me a lot and so I was terrified with her when I was little.
2: It just kind of was in, you know, ingrained in me. It's just the idea that when it when it comes there's nothing you can do. You can yeah. you can go to a spot that you think is safe and then it's, you know, it's not really up to you what happens next. It's that fear is is what always got me when I was a kid at least with a hurricane, you know it well in advance and you can get the hell out of there. But with a tornado, sometimes you have no warnings. And if you do have anything, it's it's not very long of a warning. So... like i have a like a giant lump in my throat cough coming but it's not so i'm just gonna power through it there it is um